<laughs> Welcome to Week in Horror. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. The podcast that deep dives all the films you love. You gotta be fucking kidding. The week they dropped in horror history. We all go a little mad sometimes. With your horror hosts. JL. When a shirtless Sam Elliott with no mustache takes out a, an alligator with a uh, with an oar, that's the kind of movie I'm looking for. Eugene. And we're just casually just like, yeah, so that's probably the best way to go, light someone on fire with gasoline. Alex. It would not be an original lineup if I didn't have fucking technical <laughs> Johnny O. Now, it's not an Amityville. Or wherever it's, it's Amityville. And Aaron. They, they got manure to work with and nothing grew from it. <laughs> News, trailers, trivia, special guests, and more. You're going to need a bigger boat. Live show every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central at YouTube.com slash Week in Horror. Welcome to prime time, bitch! And wherever you listen to podcasts. One by one, we will take you. Week in Horror. <laughs> Stay scared. You have to unmute Eugene. <laughs> welcome, welcome, horror fans. <laughs> it's Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time, and that means it's time for another episode of the Weekend Horror Podcast. The only podcast where a mind is a terrible thing to waste. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast host, you can join us here on YouTube on our live show so you too can get in on the bloody fun and maybe win some weekend horror prizes. This week we're covering select horror films released November 6th through November 12th. Thank you all so much. And joining us is joining us is Johnny. Just just Johnny. Just me. This is just just it, just Johnny. Just me. That's that's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hi hi man this is it's actually it's pretty rare for like jl not to be here it's Honestly, very rare it's i think it's happened us. three times it's happened three times that's it yeah uh, I, don't, I don't know what to do with my hands like i'm just kind of <laughs> out and they just creep up I don't, I don't know. <laughs> just, just slowly. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but I haven't been doing much of anything this week except all the work that I have to do. All the work. So much work, though. So much work. So much. You, you said the line, too. Mind is a terrible thing to waste. That just took me back into that show. You, you know what I'm talking about. <sighs> oh, yeah. I see. The thing is that... Cr- <laughs> That commercial was like, this is your brain on drugs. And it has like the egg, like sizzling on this. Except right. there's no drugs involved. It's just work. And I, I'm like, oh, I get the sizzle now. Mm, yeah. My brain it is. Does. Oh. We got something coming up. We got a horror film coming up this weekend. Oh, yes. Yes, we do. So we're going to be shooting episode three of Black Clown, which some of the other episodes are currently out on Amazon Prime. And Tubi. And Tubi. So you can go yeah. ahead definitely check those out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of keeping my finger on the pulse of that whole um, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Scout Taylor Thompson, and uh, um, what's-her-name thing. 
this to me <clears throat> still just seems like a bunch of internet fuckery just the people trying to drum up some drama where there's no real drama wait so wait what's going on well so they had uh the the oh gosh i can't believe i forgot her name it's been one of those days people okay um but the what's her name from four five and six the or four and five the daughter um oh, oh, oh daniel harris yes uh, Daniel Harris and Scott Taylor, Tom, Scott Taylor were talking about um, when they went at the after party, they were both you know, really excited to meet Jamie Lee Curtis and they walked up, you know, Daniel Harris went first and she introduced herself and Jamie Lee Curtis was like, I'm sorry, but I, I don't know who you are. Right. And they felt mortified. Right. And okay. people are, people are, you know, flocking. Oh, I can't believe it's so horrible, so terrible. And then these two are talking shit about Jamie Lee Curtis, who's royalty. And like, no, they're not. They were, they just like, this is what happened. And we were mortified of because of it. Yes. Our feelings were hurt because she didn't know who we were. I, I mean, I, I get it that she, I wouldn't surprise me if she hasn't even watched all of them. Well, she says she doesn't watch horror films. She doesn't like yeah. horror films multiple times. That's just silly. It's just internet drama. They're trying to drum some shit up when there's nothing really to drum up. People talk about, well, why did she go to, why did she go and talk about Dan Harris? Why did she go out and say all these things? It was on her, it was on her fucking podcast. And she told everybody on the pod, like the, I think it was the podcast she had before the premiere and the after party. She said, hey, I'll let you guys know. You know, I'll let you guys know what happens. I'll give you all the updates in the next episode. The next episode comes up, and she's like, oh, yeah. And then you know, here's this mortifying story. It wasn't like, fuck Jamie Lee Curtis. She's a stupid cunt. It wasn't like that at all. You know, she's just telling people what happened. So uh, I don't blame. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis is not a horror fan to begin with. She probably hasn't watched the Halloween except the ones that she's been in. And she may not even watch all the ones that she's been in. Right. I, said, I don't even think she's watched those. Like I said, it's just and stuff. so, yeah, and so it's just it's you don't take you don't take it personally, and I'm pretty sure Daniel Harris was just like, hey, you didn't recognize me, no big deal. It's like, oh my, blah 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 blah. you're right, trying to stir up all this like controversy. Well, it's just what it's just a passing. It's a passing incident. It really is, you know. Yes, they were they were they were you know embarrassed. Okay, does that mean? You know, does that mean, hey, uh, there's talk now that we're talking shit? It's just so stupid. I just can't, I can't stand this whole idea that we have to have some sort of controversy and whatnot. Gosh, all about the ratings, all about people listening. And, and I get it, right? I understand, but there are other things you can do to talk about. Like, talk about how whenever she's asked if they're going to do more uh, films, she has a roundabout answer. She doesn't really, no, we're not doing another one. Fuck that shit. She, she doesn't. She's like, mm, well, you know, this story, uh, it's over. This story has ended. No, that's not what I asked you. I asked you, are you going to do another one? Well, this trilogy is ended. This storyline is not. Okay. So, yes, you would for the right money. <laughs> oh, oh, I guarantee you if that check has enough zeros, she will do another one. Oh, yeah. I, I guarantee it. Yeah. How many zeros are there? 17? All right. <laughs> we'll do, it. do just about anything for 17 zeros 17 zeros so long as there's a one in front of that last the 18th digit is a one and it's the yes. other way not that people i, I can see the, it right the now front side. All, 
Right, the front side. And the decimal has to be on the back side, way on the back side. Yes, yeah. Because I know people be like, oh, you could put the zeros in front and then put the decimal after the one. No, right. no. Like, you know no, what? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> All right. Good Lord. What else is going on in the old horror world? I have, I feel bad because I haven't really been keeping up. I know JL's probably got like 30 things you wanted to talk about in the horror world. I just really haven't been keeping up because I've been very, very busy. Been very, very, very busy. Very, very busy. Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing we can do is we can let's see who we got in the chat. We could do that. Let's see who we have in the old chat. Side chat. Roll call. Yeah. Who yet? We All got right. Travis well, Brown. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. We got Travis Brown first. Starting it off. Good evening. Or good at good evening after Hollywood Halloween party. I can't even read English today. You know, you take it. I can't read English. Can't we can't English today? <laughs> <laughs> Travis Brown says, Good evening after Halloween party animals. Uh Raven Darkstar says, just me and you at the moment. Hmm. 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 Let's see who else we have over here. Uh da, da, we gotta skip ahead a little bit. Andrew Rivera is in the house. Says, good evening. Good evening. Good to see you. Donnie does that. Says, Hey everybody. Raven Darkstar. Nope. I don't know what that's in, in reference to. And thought, and thought Jordan Peele. <laughs> uh, Denova says, hey, horror heads. What's up, Nova 28? No, no JL today. I'm sorry. Sorry. Sir Chasm is in the house. Here come the barking. Bark, 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 bark. They want to be a part of the show, too. Yep. <laughs> Hi. Uh-oh, go see Mommy. Always coming in. Always coming in. Some drama themselves. Anyway, sorry guys. Joshua Lee's in the house. Good to see you. Joshua Lee says, "Hello, fellow deadites." Hmm. I don't know if I want to be a deadite. Do you want to be? I don't want to be a deadite. I, I don't want to, but they do have some cool powers, though. It's true, they do, and they're kind of yeah. funny. They they real they have their moments. They do. <clears throat> is this the first JLS stream? No, this is the third. The third one. Gosh, Heckfire says, "Yo, what up, pimps? What's up, Gosh, Heckfire? Good to see you." Ivy Gentry's in the house. Says, "Oh no, where's JL? I think JL is having a strumming moment." Yeah, he just he ate some stuff that he claims it's not it, but right, we know we know what's up. Wrote no last name. Says you're live. We're live. Oh shit, we're live. Oh man, we're doing it live. Fuck it. Brains. Sally Skeleton, good to see you. Uh, da, 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 da. I know we had some other folks come in. I missed some people. If I missed you, say hey. Oh, there you are. Mr. Moore says boo. Didn't ah, work. boo. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Facty's in the house. Good to see you, Facty. We've got Haley Taylor, the psychic banshee, also in the house. Good to see you. Logic Hillbilly says hello, all you scary mofos. Sally Skeleton says Travis, that Jason one was silly. It probably was. I don't know what we're talking about, but there we go. David Sirenk says, present. What's up, guys? What's going on? Logical. Hello, you scary mofos. That's it. I think that's that's it. Oh, we're done. Show's I, over. Good night, everybody. No movies tonight. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, one thing, one thing I have noticed is, because earlier when we had nope, I think Jordan Peele has finally, has like owned that word nope now. It's almost so. like, who are you going to call for Ghostbusters? Yeah. Like you just you cannot use that line anymore. Um, I was watching, um, I was watching Barbarian, and there's a scene where the the main girl's like, "Nope, nope, not going down there, not going in that room." And I'm like, "See now, I think I know. 
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. I have not sat down to watch this one. I just. I don't know if I'm going to. Um, Barbarian. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Here, mix things. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it. I'll, I'll just say that. It's it's definitely it's the type of horror film that you would like. It's very atmospheric. Uh, not I think maybe four jump scares in the entire movie. That's three too many. Um, one, <laughs> <laughs> one is kind of cheesy. A couple others are are well planned. I don't think you're gonna like the ending very much, but you'll you would like up to the ending. Okay, so I like everything. I like everything until the payoff, and then I want money shots. No good. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let us know in the old side chat comments down below or we can hoard gmail.com what you thought of barbarian but this is good to johnny watch it would you be curious to hear johnny's reaction to barbarian i did like conan barbarian that was a good movie oh it's a very good movie <laughs> <laughs> squirrels all right michael myers needs to go into space hmm. he's the only one that hasn't been in space he had yeah interesting I'm kind of curious because at some point it's going to happen. It's going to happen. get pitched. It's just a matter of time. To, right. It's got to happen. If it doesn't happen, then he's not really a horror franchise. You're not a horror franchise unless you've been to the hood and to the outer space. And Michael Myers has been to neither. Although I, I will say he got close in H2O and Resurrection. Got close. I can get I can get close. Unlike the Leprechaun, it's been to both. <laughs> Jason's been to both. Yeah. 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 Freddy Krueger has not been to space. Robert England, I'm going to need you to get on that. Yeah, he he has to sign on for one more. One more. I that's I think that's what the hold up with Blumhouse is. They want to buy the rights, but only if they can get or they can guarantee that Robert England will do one more one more Freddy. And again, for the right amount of zeros, I think he'd be all about it. Uh, he'll do it for 17 zeros. He'll do it. For, I'll, I'll do it for 17 zeros. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I know. You're supposed to start talking about his, uh, basically his competition, his face of horror. Yeah. Um, ba- I mean, basically so far, he's at a point, um, he, he's pretty, far behind and doesn't look like he's going to win this round. I mean, he got very, very far. Yeah, very, top very 1.4 far. out of a ridiculous amount of people. It was the the total number of entrants was pretty extensive. And for him to get as far as he did, uh, speaking of 17 zeros, it seems like it's going to take like 17 zeros to get him into first place because of his competition. He's got some pretty stiff competition, and I do kind of mean that in the innuendic way. So I just made up a word, innuendic. What the fuck does that mean? I do it's mean that in, as an innuendo. <laughs> somehow I knew what you meant, too. I was just yeah, like, yeah. Right. <laughs> Go with it. Fuck it. <laughs> so so that's, uh, that's why he hasn't been uh, shelling out the link very much, because basically on this round, he's up against people who have a couple million subscribers on TikTok and yeah, yeah, YouTube. Everywhere. And basically, huge, and he didn't want people to start continue to donate money and donate vote, uh, votes, knowing that he doesn't he doesn't necessarily really have that big of a chance to win. Yeah. So that's why he hasn't been shelling it out. By all means, it's still a great cause, and if you do want to donate, by all means, please yep. donate. But 
keep in mind that odds are he won't make it to the next round. So, so that's why right. he hasn't really been pushing it very much. Right. Unless Daddy Warbucks is like, oh, Jail Warren, sure. All right, get you the next round. Hey, there you go. I don't know why Daddy Warbucks sounds like half a Christopher Walken, but there you go. <laughs> See, I just pictured Christopher Walken from uh, Pool Hall Junkies. Yeah. I lose yeah, 80, right? I get another 80. <laughs> I'm a millionaire. That's the difference. I lose 80, I get another 80. <laughs> it's such a bad movie, but it's a good movie. Uh, it, it, it really yeah. is. It's because it's, it's Pull Hall Junkies is not a very well made movie, but at the same time, it's such a gem and I love to watch it. Yeah, it's fun to watch because of Christopher Walken, to be honest. Uh, I could do without uh, uh, Mars Callahan. He's okay, but he was originally supposed to play. This, I promise, this will be the last tangent we chase, folks, and we're going to get into the Hornfields. But he was originally supposed to play uh, the brother, the younger brother, until he got too old. Uh, that makes sense. Because I know it took him a long time to get the movie made. He did. He's been in developmental hell with uh, poker junkies. He's still trying to get that one made. Anyway, fuck this. We got some movies, don't we? Yes, we do. So, Johnny, yeah, what do we got JL, first? Jail did not label these, and I can't tell which one is which. I think this is I think this is the right one. Okay. All right. So this one, this first film was released in 2009. It's an American horror thriller film directed by Chris Shadley. And I believe this is it. I hope so. I hope this was the right one. Let me double check. You know what? Let me just double check to be on the on the safe side. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the right one. Cool. Okay. Because regardless, a trailer will play. A trailer will play. Will be the trailer we're looking for. I'm not sure, but here you go. <laughs> Nine Dead <gasps> is a 2009 American horror thriller film, if you could call it that. Uh, again, directed by Chris uh, Shadley, produced by Paul Hart, written by Patrick. <laughs> this guy's name, Patrick Weehy Mahoney. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, starring Melissa Joan Hart, as you saw, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, John Terry, Chip Bent, Lawrence Turner, uh, Edric Brown, John Case, and uh, is that Mark McCall? McCulling? Yeah, sure, whatever. Put out by New Line Cinema. This might be one of the reasons why New Line Cinema said, mm, we're just going to go ahead and pack it up. But basically, you have a string of kidnappings where nine people are locked into a room and handcuffed to pipes, if you couldn't tell. There you go. Uh, Mass Man Anderson says that they all have something in con in common. There's a connection between the nine of them, and he, they better figure it out. They don't figure it out. He's going to shoot them all. Comes in, shoots a couple people. They figure it out. Melissa Joan Hart kills everybody and goes goes home. Spoiler alert. Don't fucking care. Don't watch this piece of shit movie. Done like dinner. Next film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, right right off the bat, it's like Discount Saw. It's Yeah, Discount Saw and a Discount <laughs> 7 all kind of just like... It doesn't work. It's not very good. The plot has... There are so many things that were just wrong. And I, I just don't... I don't... It's hard to think about what really went wrong here. I don't know if it's they were trying to... Too much, uh, too much emulation, which turned into just flat-out copycat. And it was a bad copycat at that. Because this is, you know, right at the end of the 2000s, where, you know, you had... I mean, Saw had been out for what ten years, so no, there's still like five years. Was it five? I think it came out oh four, the first one. Was it oh four? I thought it was ninety nine. 
Anyway, so yeah, Saw hadn't been out too terribly long. People hadn't been beaten down by the Saw aspect. And of course, when you look at Seven, that was a good movie in its own right. So people obviously want to gravitate. Well, what worked in Seven? Let's see if we can make that work over here. And then let's be edgy and add in the Saw element to it. And it just it turned out just to be a bad copycat. Well, because you're basically you're emulating a torture porn genre without the torture porn. Which, yeah, I mean, we're just gonna walk in and shoot people. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, there's there's no the thing the thing what made Saul work even in the first one was it had a very good story, it had a very good twist at the end, but it was the traps. It was the things where were like, oh, the guy being lit on fire. You're thinking as you're going as you're watching people negotiate this trap. What would you do? Would you cut right. that person open to get the key? Could you dig it out of your eye to save your life? That's what drew people in with right. Saw. And this, you're you're okay. You're handcuffed to a pipe, and then somebody gets shot, and you have talk. Yeah, right. You get to play with fucking schoolyard kindergarten chalk. I mean, you start drawing, just drawing yeah. pictures. And the thing is, like, even the villain himself is not creepy. Oh, no, it, it, it just sounds sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every 10 minutes, I'm going to shoot one of you. My life is meaningless. <laughs> he sounds more like a hostage negotiator talking he to the really police. Does. Yeah, he does, right? And you know, I get what they're trying to do. Again, again, they're trying to mimic Jigsaw and the puzzle and the fucking little puppet and whatnot. It's just not no, it's not good. It's just bad. You he looks like that. Do you remember back in the late 90s, early 2000s, they had the masked magician who was going around telling all the secrets? That's what <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's what this motherfucker looks like. And I'm just as afraid of him as I was that magician guy. <laughs> um, I so much went wrong with this movie. Melissa Joan Hart, you know, God bless her little heart because she tried. You know, it's like, no, you're Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Just own that shit and play that role until you can't play the role anymore, and then take all your millions of dollars and retire. Yeah, I mean, I mean, get it. Melissa Joan Hart. You've had a very successful career. You also have Clarissa yep. explains it all. Like two very successful TV shows right. and some movie appearances here and there. You've made it. You've won. Just go and you continue to play that kind of the role you play. But as soon as I see Melissa Joan Hart, I'm not going to get scared in that movie. No, I'm just not. No, she's too sweet a person. It's like, oh, hey, where's the little black cat that talks? Where is he at? <laughs> I just, I, I don't, this movie was boring. It I mean, it just, there was no, even the, even the big reveal was like, okay. Yeah, I just, there were so many movies that have done this concept better. Uh, oh, yeah. For one, like Cube, they all had some, uh, they all had a piece right. of the puzzle and they're put in a life-threatening situation. And Cube, I guarantee you, cost maybe one-tenth of this film. And Cube is so much better. Right. Yeah, this is a $2 million budget. Jesus Christ. They got $2 million to make this piece of shit? Well, Melissa Joan Hart probably cost 
did she? I would have given her like two packs of sandwiches. She's performance wise. I mean, I guess she guess she is the best performance out of all of the people here, but that's not really saying much. You there's know? just not there, there's no competition. It, yeah, it, I know it's like there's they talk about it, it's a thriller. Where's the thrill? There is no thrill here. You have a bunch of people get kidnapped and then trying to set this thing up, like hey, here, here, here. No, this no, this is not there's nothing thrilling about it. There's oh the race against the clock that's stupid okay yeah everybody's done that and then they're all oh, we're all here if he figured out why we're all here we should be able to figure it out motherfucker he's the one who decided why you're here he didn't figure this shit out and he already knows why you're here he wasn't like one day oh hey you know I was just thinking about stuff and all, all these nine people have something in common it's been really good. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a Tuesday and he was bored so. yeah. <laughs> Oh, dumb the the plot is just it, it's underdeveloped the what they were trying to do with the movie just did not work it it was it just kind of fell flat um and the whole you know well if we're gonna go we're gonna push everything to the extreme to get the truth out of you we've seen that doesn't work eugene how well does torture work no it it only goes to a certain point right it is. It only goes. It can only go so far. And this is being shot, like being shot in the head and killed. That's not torture. That's just death. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like it was a psychological torture because of the clock and not knowing who's going to get shot. But that's, look, guys, look, I understand. Like, if it were me, yeah, that would be really, I'd be like, oh shit, am I going to get shot next? Cool. But we're not talking real life, we're talking the movies. You got to fucking up your game a little bit. You got to have the, you know, the the fucking hammer throw thing, the traps and the things that pulls people in. And they have to, and if they don't do it right, they don't cut their arm off before this time. Then they get their heads fucking chopped off. Or the lady in the freezer whose boobies you get to see who freezes to death. You know, shit like that. You know what I mean? That's what's going to, that's what people want to see out of these types of movies. Not, um, why are you here, buddy? Oh, no. Why are you here? Oh, no. Oh, we're just we're just here. Like you could have, it could have been interesting if, let's say, he had devices and he rolled them in, and then you can see like, oh, one of them gets pulled apart in front of the others. Right. So you have that kind of that graphic, like, oh, I don't want to get, I don't want to be next because the thing that separates horror from a lot of the other genres, because a lot of genres deal with death, action movies, even rom coms, some will have death in them. The thing that separates horror is it's bad death. It is the being exactly. eaten alive, stabbed to death, maimed, torn apart. And action movies have the exact same stakes. It's just in an action movie, you just get shot or your right. neck gets broken. Yeah, you're caught up in the action of the the thrills of the whole, you know, the the adrenaline of the car chase, and then, you know, the good guy and the bad guy. What is the bad guy going to do next? Not who's going to get killed next. How they're going to get killed? Whatever, that's fine. But yeah, in horror films. It is all about the bad death. And if I don't care about the characters, spoiler alert, I didn't care about these characters. I don't care <laughs> if it gets shot in the head by some guy who's got a bad voice changer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's just true. Even the room they're in doesn't look that scary. It doesn't. Oh, I'm in somebody's boiler room. Ooh, scary. No, this is... And by just who has pipes in a room just because, yeah, 
random pipes that happen to be equally spaced apart in a perfect manner. Right. Sir Chasm actually nail on the head says it wasn't even a good mystery because there was no way for the audience to put everything together and bam, Deus Ex Machina solution. Exactly. That's the worst part about this plot is they have this this connection that's so weird and off the wall that there's no fucking way that anybody in their right mind would have been able to like, oh yeah, it's because of this convoluted series of events. That's the reason why we're in here. And it just it just seems so far out of left field and people coming in just like, okay, we're just going to wave a magic wand. Here's the reason. And then boom, there you go. It's like, no, no. The big reveal doesn't work. The reveal doesn't work. It doesn't. You don't get it. There's a reason why it's free on YouTube. I mean, I'll just put it out there. That's, yeah. That's the reason. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I wanted to like movies. I really do. I don't like being the guy all the time. It's like, this movie sucks. This movie sucks. But jail picks a lot of shitty movies it's all I'm <laughs> I'm, okay in horror and i love horror but there's way more bad than horror there are good movies by a very true. large margin well see but you know okay so some bad movies are so bad they're good like look toxic avenger and all of their bad movies but they're fucking fun that's the best part about any lloyd kaufman type of film the acting is not good in the toxic avenger the uh, special effects are not good. It's not shot particularly well. It doesn't look pristine, but they're fun. They have a style. They have a plot that works within itself. That's what makes those movies fun. This movie here is just bad all around. It's like nobody was really invested in making a good movie here. They were just going to make a movie. It's almost like they made a movie for the sake of just making a movie. Like the no, exactly. no one had really anything to say. It wasn't trying to make a right. point because even in Saw, it's like people take life for granted and hear consequences of your actions. And this is kind of like, eh, right? You're at a gas station once. Yeah, like that's it. <laughs> okay, you were at the gas station when the thing happened. I just bought a Snickers bar. I wanted a snack. I just I could have gone to the racetrack and the, the very next exit. <laughs> if I would have just gone to the other, <laughs> other gas station. Uh, yeah, and here's the thing, right? So this is this being an ensemble piece. Um, the characters have you actually they have to work together, and it just seems like you've worked on stuff, we've worked on stuff where you can tell that the actors are really green and they're just waiting for their turn to say something. Mm-hmm. Kind of felt like that's what was going on here. Like, I don't know if it was a last minute casting decision on some of these guys or if the, maybe the editing was just a little too stale. I don't know, but it kind of felt like they were just waiting to say something. See, that, that's the same thing. And that's a sign of just straight bad acting. Um, good acting comes from not deli- not necessarily delivering a line because it's kind of easy to coach someone how to deliver a line. It's right. the reacting to somebody's line. Right, the right. cadence of it, how fast you respond, little facial nuances as somebody is revealing a line because as an actor, you already know what the next line is going to be. You already know what you're supposed to say, right. but to make it so your brain instantly comes up with it in a conversational manner is what makes it difficult and this like they just no one no one i mean just thing yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there so there have been other ensemble pieces that have worked. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you call Saw. I know Saw one. I wouldn't call an ensemble piece. It's really just two people in this room together. Although you could call it an ensemble piece because of the entire cast. I mean, it was a great cast movie. Um, but I'm trying to think of a good ensemble film that worked in horror. And usually, I mean, I guess Saw two was worked really well because there were multiple people in there. Each one of them had. You know, they had a decent story arc and storyline within the plot that all fit. I mean, it was all telegraphed, sure, but it wasn't this there just for the sake of being there. There was a real reason. Like, the connections that were in Saw 2, it was like, okay, I can see why. Because, you know, this cop and this kid, this cop has put all these people in behind bars for some way. And, you know, the kid here, I get it, right? I understand that. It makes sense to me. This one here is just, it's like they saw Saw 2. Mm-hmm. They see saw saw two, and I'm like, oh, let me car- let me copy it. But I'm I'm gonna make a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, and it's just gonna be bad. And it's just it's dull because you're right. With saw because saw two, it's a good movie. It has one of the stupidest deaths in the saw franchise. But overall, like saw two, are you talking about movie. where the dumb lady puts her hands in the box? Yes. Oh god, so stupid. That's just <laughs> it's so it is so even if you have one hand in, you can go fuck. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're but you're right. The the cast overall in Saw Two works, and you end up caring for some of the characters, and some of the characters are assholes here. This I just just didn't care. Right, I was like, come on, fucking speed this time up, shoot all of them, just get over with. Fuck, <laughs> they're so stupid they can't figure this out. Just murder them all. Come on, can we skip ahead? <laughs> Fuck, I gotta wait another 10 minutes before he walks in. Yeah, before you walk in, for fuck's sake. It's kind of funny how they have nine, <laughs> they have nine people. And if I remember correctly, it was yeah, it was 98 minutes. So they pretty much uh. just like jump right into right into the action. Yeah. So stupid. <sighs> I think we've beaten this one to death. Yeah, this is this is one that we can we can put in the books. Yeah, we can, or we could just like go away oh dang it see this is one thing i don't have i don't have the ability to remove the other trailers out so jl give her this trailer want it gone oh well (laughs) 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 squirrel anyway what i want to ask the audience what do you think is the best ensemble horror film we had a little we, we talked about here just briefly but let us know at weekendhorror at gmail.com in the side chat or in the comment section down below. I'm curious. What do you think? Side, what do you think, side chat? Best horror ensemble film. I'm trying to think of a good one right now. I'm trying to, yeah. Maybe Sphere, if we can call that ensemble horror, or Event Horizon. Yeah, maybe. There's because usually, like, even in slashers, it's all like they get picked off so quickly. Right. Um, so you don't really have it's not like you get a giant team that works together for like a long period of time hmm. yeah I'm, I'm trying to think of a good i don't know i can't think of one so the i'm thing. pretty sure in the chat they'll come up with a couple of them yep the thing oh the thing oh oh the thing aliens come on look at this look look, look at this <laughs> how did i not think of the thing <laughs> or alien Wow, I was like, 
huh because you said you said event horizon i was like yeah a crew in space yeah that should be numb i can't think of another one right i can't think of another one right now dealing with a crew in space or son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) jl's currently recasting us right now he's on he's on the uh he's on the on the on whatever he's on going fuck this fuck these guys get rid of them (laughs) next week (laughs) next week on the weekend whore with jl only <laughs> uh, all right, so we've got another movie. I'm just trying to find which one of these is a damn trailer. I think I know it's not this one. I feel like we're okay, we're not missing. I think this is it. JL, oh, next time, label these trailers, buddy. Yes, that would help out if he's listening. Yep, yeah, as he's dying right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. Oh. Uh, weekend horror presents. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right what do we have uh, up next all right so next up we have mayhem which was released november 10th 2017 i hope this is the correct trailer well <laughs> tell us about the belco experiment i mean mayhem so the belco <laughs> experiment <laughs> directed by john lynch starring stephen Wynn, samara weaving stephen brand caroline Kaczynski, Carrie Fox, and Dallas Roberts. And basically, I mean, the trailer pretty much explains you have a, you have, it's a virus that gets everybody sick and basically super aggressive. So you have no inhibitions and complete anarchy takes over in the office building while Dr. Cho tries to work his way up to get to the bosses who fired him that day. I think that covers it. Yeah, thank that you. pretty much covers the belt. I mean, uh, mayhem. The, yeah, the, so mayhem. I actually really enjoyed this film. It's one of those where it's just it's a popcorn eater. Yeah, it's just straight up brutal. Some great brutal kills, and it's like a fuck it. We're gonna have a good time. Let's destroy an office. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. See, okay, so this is the difference between this film and the previous film is this film here, whereas it's an obvious carbon copy of, you know, other films like it, right? So, well, I don't know. Was this before Belko? No, Belko was what? I can't remember. The the year before. It was the year before, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe they both were made at the same time and then, but... But yeah, as Sir Chasm says, he says, I don't care about the plot. I don't care about the characters. I just love the mayhem, which it, it mean, pretty much is what it's about. It's just about these guys. Who gives a shit why they're killing each other? It's like, ah, we're going to fucking murder all everybody. Ah. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like this, it plays into the corporate lifestyle. Yeah. And it's the, if you work in an office, who hasn't thought about possibly murdering their boss at some point or something really bad happening? And so it's just, it's, the two of them trying to get to the boss so that they can kill them. Right. And you have a bunch of other employees that are sitting there trying to stop them. It's just straight up. This is a movie that knew exactly what it was and it hit it perfectly. We're going to have mayhem in the title. Right. right. We're going to have some great gore. We're going to have some great action. There's going to be some ironic twists. We're going to have fun and it just, it sticks with you and it's just boom, done. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a whole lot of anti-establishment, anti-corporate feeling throughout this whole film. Um, yeah, most definitely you know, office space inspired, 
because I think even they make that joke. Uh, Peter makes that joke talking about, yeah, we just want to go to work one day and, you know, I'll talk about, you know, mowing people down. And absolutely right, man. Uh, working in office jobs or retail or corporate world is not fun. It's not rewarding because they will fire you for no reason whatsoever. They don't care. They're just like, well, you know, you missed your numbers by 0.11 tenth of a percent. So you're gone. We'll find somebody else to do it. Somebody cheaper, somebody taller, somebody shorter. Just we want to fire somebody because we want to make a statement. So yeah, this this film definitely brings in and helps, you know, that's what they're that's what they're banking on. They're cultivating that feeling that most people who've worked in these in these jobs feel. Yeah, because it's you're right. Working in a corporate place like that, it's not rewarding. It's you get up, you fight through every rush hour traffic, you get there, you work in your cubicle um to move numbers around you're answering the phone whatever you're doing at the office no yeah. one likes going to the office no one right it's it just it sucks and maybe or maybe if someone's going to enjoy going to the office it's going to be the ceo the the board of directors they're the right. ones that are going to enjoy it because they're in charge they can do whatever they want or versus- that one guy Every one of them, every office has that one guy or one girl or that one employee who just loves their job. So happy to be here. Shut the fuck up, Sally. Not you, <laughs> Sally Skeleton. Not you, Sally Skeleton. Your name just happened to catch my eye as I was saying that line. So I apologize. But yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that, that one person. And fine, they're the anomaly. Right. But most people, most people, hey, most people don't grow up wanting to be an insurance salesman. Or yeah. wanting to be um, a receptionist, and I'm not I'm not digging on any of those professions, but most people don't grow up wanting to do that. Most people wanted to right. do something else, and then they end up through a series of events. They end up working in an office, crunching numbers, while to the board they're disposable. Right. Uh, Denova twenty eight says I hate the SpongeBob's of the world. Yeah, and that's exactly what those people are. They are the SpongeBob's. They just love their job. And you know what? Good for them. Maybe the reason why we don't like them so much is because we hate our job. And they're like, oh, I'm so happy to be here. Like, no, fuck your mother. Yeah, it's like maybe maybe it's a reflection of ourselves. But, I mean, regardless of that, most people most people are miserable working at the jobs. And right. as, more, as more and more jobs since the pandemic has been going back to the office, I know more and more people have been like, well, it's even more. We've proven that so many of these jobs can be done at home, but yet right. – management's forcing them to go back to the office now and people are resenting it even more yep yeah i mean i wouldn't be surprised to see some more of this type of horror films coming up in the in the near future because yeah there's a lot of people now that are that are going through the whole well i did my job from home i enjoy i was just probably more effective because i was able to work on my terms i didn't have to worry about keeping up appearances as long as i got my shit done i was good to go and now I have to go back to you know the office. Yeah, when you're sitting there, you have to go through. Oh, now you're going back an hour, hour and a half of rush hour traffic. Oh yeah. Uh, you have to get up to be at the office for eight. You're waking up at five, six, six thirty in the morning, um, and then you got to drive back home, and so you can't even enjoy your day till eight o'clock. Versus getting up right before work, you do your job, and you get it taken care of. Or even I know people have kids who right. during the pandemic, they're able to keep the kids occupied in another room, but now they got to pay for daycare again, which cuts into, yep. and you're not getting paid more for that. So it, 
it really kind of it really plays off the tensions and how much that working in office can suck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, because this movie is just fun, it you're you know, like the, the Belco experiment was more of a thriller, whereas I think this one was more comedy horror. You know what I mean? Not yeah. that funny per se, but it was fun. Yeah, the, the Belco experiment wasn't fun. It was a serious movie, and it was, and it ended with the corporation itself experimenting. So it's kind of like a right. Oh, they're willing to kill all these people for the basis of a single experiment versus with Mayhem, where Mayhem's fun. Like Bel- Belco experiment isn't a fun movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. It is a good movie. It's a movie that is they're most definitely trying to make a commentary on the the uh, pitfalls of corporate America or the corporate world. Um, whereas this one here, it's doing this, it's it's making statements on pitfalls, but it's also you know making statements on I'm gonna drink some fucking mace and spit in somebody's face. <laughs> <laughs> shoot him with a nail gun <laughs> yeah yeah true and then it gets blocked by this fucking yeah it's so fun though it's it's great it's like they took all the people who died in the walking dead and put them in a movie together yeah and just have just have them kill each other again again yeah kill each other again let's do it again <laughs> um yeah this is living vicariously through people whom because again, we all we've all thought about doing this shit. We have. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's something that you should do. I'm saying we've all done it. We've all thought about it. Okay. Yeah, we're not saying to act on that. To be very clear, we are not. We're not. No. <laughs> Unless you sell us the story rights first. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's yeah. Kidding. Or email at weekendhartgmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but no, so the thing that one thing that really helped with this film, uh, the characters you actually gave a shit about Stephen Young's character. You actually gave a shit about the discount Margot Robbie's character. Um, that's so bad. That's so <laughs> but bad. it's true. It's true though. She does uh, a good job in the film. But she yeah. does. Yeah, she does. She's a she's a fantastic actress. Um, I just can't remember her name. That's so why I call her discount. Uh, Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving. Yeah. Yeah. She's she. I liked her in uh, what was the other horror film she did? She gets married, and then they play hide and seek. Oh, um, ready, ready or, or not. not? Yeah, yeah, good stuff. And yeah, I, I enjoyed Ready or Not. Ready or Not was fun too. Yeah, that's she. She may be the front runner of just doing fun horror films. She should do more horror films, just like these two films. If she could, if she made a career out of nothing but these types of horror films. Where we could live vicariously through her, like yes, smash these rich debutantes, and oh yeah, she was a babysitter as well. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, that's a little different. And that's another one. Again, that's another one that's that's kind of just fun. And yeah, it, it, living vicariously through the babysat. Hey, mm-hmm. yeah, that's this is. I'm telling you, her in her career, and then in every movie, obviously, she gets covered in blood at some right. point. I, yep. I, I can watch that all day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It looks like she's having fun. But no, it's back to what I was saying is we actually give a shit about these characters. We're, but these two characters, like, we we feel like we're they're fighting our fight. Like, yes, go fight our fight for us because we want to do this. So, 
Well, because starting off, it's something that's so relatable because it starts off with um, Stephen Wong getting fired. Hey, mm-hmm. these are hey, these are the with numbers. We're going to take credit for your work, and then we're going to fire you because we all have either it's happened to us, or we've witnessed it, or we know somebody who yep. has been through it. So right off the bat, we're able to instantly relate. We relate to the poor man, the little man, and naturally, we like to gravitate towards dog which is what it is and then as he works his way up the building to try to get to upper management so it's really easy to sympathize with him really quick right off the bat whereas with uh, what was the other nine with nine dead there's nothing that draws us in there's nothing that makes yeah. us sympathize out there right oh they're just people on a pole yeah we're we're rooting for them to die whereas on the other hand, and mayhem, we're rooting for them to, yeah, get to the top and fucking bash his brains in. You know, like, yeah, kill him, ah, kill him more, yeah. Hey, hey, there's a nail gun over there. Nail gun, use it. Okay, you're using it. All right, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did, that that mace thing was so stupid though. I was like, come on, oh, take a mouthful of mace. Mace will it will fuck you up. It will yeah. in your mouth. It will. I, I got OC certified when I was in the Marine Corps. And the reason they do that is because if you carry OC military grade mace, you spray somebody, a lot of times it splashes back on you and you have to be able to fight through that pain. And I'm going to tell you right now, mace in the mouth. No, no, no. You can still spit it back in someone's face and it's going to like fuck them up, but you're not going to taste anything for like a week. Yeah. You're going to be fucked up right along with them. Yeah. (laughs) and there is nothing to dilute the pain there's no like here's a serum or drink milk or yeah cold you know, you just gotta deal with it for however long it takes for it to finally wear off could be 10 minutes could be 10 days depending on your fucking tolerance it and it hurts it hurts a lot it's a lot of fun by the way if you've never been maced before i strongly suggest that you don't don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen them fools that have pepper spray on their on their clutches or on their key their key rings and actually pepper spray themselves? No. Some good shit right there. <laughs> yeah, I wrote in a last time says Johnny O's one chip spray challenge. Mm-hmm. No. I, I did see one where um, a woman was pulling a prank on her boyfriend, so she took the shower nozzle off and then sprayed Whoa. inside of it, like emptied a can, and then screwed it back on. So that way, when he turned, basically turned the water on, it went through the mace and hit him all over. What? And he was crying, and I don't even blame him. I don't and her packing. Yeah, that was because it's it's gonna burn whatever, it, and he's naked in the shower, everywhere, just oh. everywhere, and all of a sudden the steam, the water hits of the tub and splashes back, so it creates like a gas chamber effect. Good, she looked like it was bad. Die. It was, was really yeah. All right. Well, yeah, Joshua Lee grounds for divorce. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, why you want a divorce? Well, because she tried to fucking murder me, Your Honor. It was just a prank. 
Fuck. <laughs> Prank hit you with my car. That's what that's going to be. Yeah, right. Caitlyn Jenner, your ass. So fucked up. Who was it? There was a comedian. I forget who it was, but there was a comedian who was talking about Caitlyn Jenner saying, I'm not saying that because she's a woman, she's a bad driver, but Bruce Jenner never ran over a motherfucker. (laughs) 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 So bad. (laughs) So bad. (sighs) So, mayhem, four thumbs up. I'm just kidding. We're not Cisco and Ebert. Um, no. I I do I did appreciate this film. I, I appreciated the the uh, the thought behind it, the execution. I thought it was very well executed. It looks great, um, and it's a fun it's a fun movie to watch. Just there with popcorn, sit there with your pizza and beer, whatever the fuck you're sitting there with. Just enjoy. You kind of turn your brain off. You don't really have to think a whole lot because you're not there to do some deep thinking. You're there to watch a bunch of people get fucking whacked. It's like what was that? Smoking aces. Just yeah. Action. You know, boom. Yeah, that's that's oh, that's not realistic in terms of fifty. Who cares? Who gives a shit. Sure, fly <laughs> across the room and stuff. Right? No, it's supposed to be over the top. It is. It's 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 supposed to be fun, and that's exactly what it is. Yep. Um. So I actually I want to ask the audience. We talked about vicarious horror. Horror films where you live vicariously through people like that way, murdering your boss and so forth and so forth. What is your favorite vicarious horror film? Something you're like, man, I can get behind that. Go ahead. Screw them. Interesting choice of words. Uh, Uh, I mean, um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Mm. What is going on with this next movie? Oh, yeah, I forgot. I got to go. Gosh. Yep, this is a correct. Okay, cool. I'm just making sure I've got the right. It's so hard to see the trailers because they're not swimming with the sharks. <laughs> uh, 3D. No, I'm just kidding. Favorite vicarious horror film, Jaws. Jaws. The shark. I want to be Bruce. <laughs> Toxic <laughs> Avenger. That's a good one. Oh, Toxic Avenger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the little guy gets picked on, becomes the superhero, gets to bang the blind chick who almost gets raped. It's kind of a weird story there, but we'll go with it. Yeah, I'll, I'll let it ride. He has some great kills. Right, and they shoot the dog just because. Just because. Murder the dog. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Blood-sucking bastards. Travis Brown says, <laughs> Robocop 2. <laughs> Robocop 2. Yep. It was pretty scary. Scary bad. Like Robocop, the, the first Robocop was great. And the second one came out and was like, uh, eh, all right, it's not horrible, you know, whatever. I can dig on some little kid selling this weird acid shit to people. All right, whatever. And then Robocop 3 came. I was like, fuck this. I'm, no, no, no. Wait, wait, which Robocop was the one where it had like the it's like a like a mech thing that he had to fight against that had like the was it the third one? Okay, oh, wait, no, wait, no, 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 it was the second one. That was okay. I thought that was the second one because yeah. I just I like I just remember that part. I don't remember the rest of it. Yeah, no, I thought you were going with the uh, with the robot fucking samurai that showed up at the end of the third one. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh so bad. 
fuck. Peter Weller was like, man, I ain't doing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Fucking hire that guy who just did thinner. Hire that fucking guy. He'll do anything. I'm not doing this dumb shit. <laughs> fuck. All right, what do we have next? All I'm right, next we have the beyond which was released november 11th 1983 gosh i hope this is the right one this is the worst trailer ever you don't need to watch the movie now you know exactly what happens and why is there fucking I, I, porn music as a soundtrack yeah right uh, I expect Neil Breen to pop out any second now and start just fucking weirdly <laughs> knocking things off of the damn table. <laughs> just sudden la- his laptops that start laptop. flying everywhere. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> well, I was going to recommend watching the movie until that until trailer the had every single plot twist. Fuck. Why was like, why was a little girl being chased by fucking Ed's special sauce from fucking Good Burger? <laughs> well, all right. So we have <laughs> Oh Jesus. So we have uh The Beyond directed by Lucio Fulci. Starring Catherine McCall, David Warbeck, Sarah Keller, and Anton St. Joan, and Veronica Laser. And basically, it starts off, you have a woman who is this. She goes and she inherits a hotel, and it turns out the hotel, like in the trailer, is a gateway to hell. But you don't know that from watching the trailer. But you it's don't know that. Shrouded in mystery. And it, yeah, it's definitely... that's not an excuse. That's not an excuse. Okay, leave something for the movie. Gosh, yeah, oh. leave yeah, get something, some kind of a good reveal, something to um to look forward to. But one of the things, but this it is actually a really good movie. Um, the it's, cinematography it, yeah. is really yeah, def- definitely something to check out. Yeah, absolutely. Watch it because I mean the practical effects are pretty solid. Even though they're kind of silly, they're still pretty solid. Like the the spiders eating the guy's fucking mouth and shit, and like <laughs> <laughs> the acid on the face. The acid on the face that turns into "Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger." Can I take y'all? <laughs> Spilled my sauce. But no, it, it is a good movie, and technically, um, it looks good and shot very well. Especially when we were talking about what was this, nineteen eighty three or eighty one, eighty three, eighty one, the eight, early eighties. Soundtrack was a little weird. The dubbing was kind of not terrible, but it wasn't great. Um, but overall, there's this is a good movie, and there's something about Italian cinema yeah. from the late 70s and early 80s, aside from like the Cannibal Holocaust stuff, where you, you have Dario Argento and Fulci that they just have this the way their use of color. They're, they're yeah. the horror films are they're very colorful. Almost like an oversaturation before saturation was a thing. Saturation is kind of a thing now, yeah. With coloring, but they're doing this thirty years beforehand, and right. they're coloring, lighting, their use of shadows. It's just they just have so much 
interesting imagery that they use. Yeah, this is one of those things that we talk about often. It's where you can see the mix between the old and the new, like old school versus new. And when we're talking about the 70s and 80s, I mean, Technicolor had been around for like 10, maybe 15 years. Uh, color and process was a lot different back way back then. So a lot of the stuff may have still been shot on black and white stock and then colored in post, even as uh, even up to the shit, maybe even in the early 90s uh, for for uh, film costs, you know, just for production costs. <clears throat> but most definitely, this probably was most definitely shot on black and white film stock and then colored. Uh, you know, they actually had to drop dye onto a film strip. It was a very interesting coloring process. And when you look at horror films back black and white, they used to they used to like makeup effects were much different. Uh, they would do a lot of pinks and whatnot because they showed up on black and white film stock much better. So that stuff is going to is probably where they got a lot of this interesting coloring was from. Hey, well, we were used to you know shooting in this kind of base on black and white stock, and then we're going to go ahead and put color afterwards. So it, you know, whenever you have a pink, you're trying to add some red to it. That's why the blood looks kind of weird in that that scene. That looks like you know the fucking good burger sauce and whatnot so you have some interesting choices and I, I think it all works it's definitely a mark of that time period like you can't watch uh, argento or you know the spaghetti western style horror films and not recognize that they're all kind of that style they have a certain look to them a certain feel to them and the thing is is like they they own it and it's they knew going into okay, this is how the practical effects are going to look. This is how that blood is going to look. And they achieved. It's not. It's not accidental. It's not like oh, they kind of missed the mark. No, they wanted the blood to look right. like that. That's the it, all that were creative choices that was intentional for the style they're going for. Because a lot of, this is it's all realistic horror. They're not going one hundred percent realism. Right. Uh, let's study an anatomy book to when. Um, Oh, somebody gets bit by this. When somebody gets stabbed here, it has to be accurate. It's like, no, they're going for, we want to go beyond that. We want to be colorful. We want to be visceral, but at the same time, it's like watching something visceral, but a beautiful image. Instead right. of so going visceral and gritty or vi the whole image is nasty. No, let's have somebody being killed in a beautiful, mm -hmm. basically a beautiful painting. It's surrealistic type. Of imagery, which I think is cool and it works a lot, especially in horror films. Horror films is one of those genres where you can experiment a lot. And as long as you lean into whatever your experimentation is, it doesn't look like a mistake. It looks like a choice. Now, it could be a bad choice, but at least, you know, hey, we're going with it. Like what Robert Rodriguez did with uh, the Grindhouse film he did, uh, Planet Terror. Mm -hmm. Like all that shit was way over the top, but it was on purpose. There was, it wasn't, it wasn't out of place within the film the whole film looked that way it's a choice and it works when it works it works when it doesn't it doesn't but yeah they've got this idea that this is what it's going to look like and this is how we want to film our shit and i always appreciate filmmakers that will take that risk to make those those creative choices um because going back to dead there's no risk in nine dead there's no creative choices no. that is a paint by numbers yep horror film not and they don't even hit all the numbers in the genre they're trying to go for and it's just oh 
this, 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 and we're done versus, hey, let's actually use some creative license. Let's actually take some risks. Let's make some choices. And Right. Yeah, absolutely. And if as filmmakers, when you make a choice, you got to go with it. You can't unless you have the money, but you really can't change, especially a style choice and how that like so you do a lot of director photography work. And this would be kind of where your your expertise would come in when shooting a film. Right. So me being a director, I would say, hey, Eugene, uh, this is what I want to shoot. This is kind of what I'm going for. And then. I'm going to hire you based on your vision, your ideas of how you're going to make my vision come to life and how that's going to be is going to be through tone, through style, through the way the angles, through the coloring, through, you know, the look of the film, which is why you'd be the director of photography. So having that kind of experience, what, what did, what do you notice about this process in this particular film or this, this style of genre? And see what this is the first of all, it's the interesting choice of angles and it's the interesting, cho interesting choice of coloring. Because you get some, you get some nice angles that you don't really see very often. So you, we're like, we're gonna tr experiment with putting the camera where you don't normally put the camera. Mm -hmm. Sure, you still have your classic, your mediums, your wide shots, but it's like, okay, well, let's put it in the corner here. Let's kind of let's go, let's throw in some Dutch angles, and then let's shoot it in a way that makes it. Now, obviously, this was shot on film stock, so a cinematographer is gonna have the expert on the film stock and the coloring process of that film stock, but they're going to go through. Okay. If we want this light to come up green, we'll set up our light. We're going to set up a, a green gel that's going to show up on the film this way. And then when we color it, it's going to be come out like this because a lot of times the cinematographers are involved in the coloring process in production. So it's not like, we, and it's done. Right. They'll go, they'll start. Okay. Well, let's tweak it there. Let's hit the colors here. Let's make the colors pop here to get the overall what they're going for. Right. Yeah. And I love the choices. I love the choices. What is it with Fulci? And he's got a fascination with eyeballs. <clears throat> I don't know if it's, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know if it's like just a general kind of fear. Cause I know a lot of people, like eyes freak a lot of people out. Mm hmm. And he seems to like to colorize. He seems to like to fucking pop eyeballs out of people's foreheads or eye sockets, really, because the forehead's here, not here, because I'm an anatomy guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the thing about I eyes... Been dealing with, I've not been dealing with a bad back for the past 17 years. No, no, of course not, no. Mm -hmm. No medicine for me. Uh, anyway. <laughs> the eyes is... The eyes are vulnerable. Yeah, and the right. eyes it pulls you in look away. So there's because there's a lot of just these close-ups of the eyes, and this is where acting comes in because you can kind of deliver, get away with an okay delivery with the line, but the eyes you have to sell. The eyes we can tell right. when you don't believe something with the eyes. So all cast members have to be on point to glaring look and eye twitch, just the way just the way the eyes look. And then on top of that, having something happen to your eyes is a lot of people's greatest fears. Yeah, because think Getting of it. Getting fucked out, uh, blinded. Right. Um, and I don't want to, I'm not saying like, well, deaf people don't have it as bad as blind people. But when you think about it, most people, when given the option, or given the option, they have to make a choice, would you rather be blind or deaf? They'd say deaf because at least I can still see to walk. 
and or run or move you may not be able to hear the monster chasing you but at least you know you can see it kill you um <laughs> but yeah i can understand why eyeballs are there it's a thing i mean look at us yeah i mean it is because if you look say if you look at the movie hush hush would have been a lot shorter movie if she was blind instead of deaf right yeah a exactly much shorter movie yeah Right. And look at look at what was the what was the one with the 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 baby baster? Um uh don't breathe. Yeah. So that one worked because he was blind and had to you know that again, that's another movie that had he been deaf and not blind, much quicker movie. Yeah, uh, he just would have killed them and then killed them over. And then done. Yeah. <laughs> Ten minute movie, yay. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, his I don't know what his his I I think what his fascination with the eyes are is tapping into that that part of everybody's brain that just has that fear of either losing an eye or eyes are the windows to the soul they say and I mean if you think about it we're like like okay Gerald's game right I know this is not a Fulcher movie but we're talking about Gerald we talked about this before what make that what made that character that that uh, um serial murderer character in gerald's game so creepy when she saw him outside of the courtroom of course but whenever she saw the visions of him it were it was the the play on his eyes right because yeah he looked kind of unusual with his form and frame but when he's standing there and he's got that silly grin on but those fucking red beady eyes and shit and then when he's like sniffing her fucking feet whatnot he's the way the light beams on his eyes it gives him that kind of that glow, you know, that animalistic glow on his eyes. That shit was freaky as shit. Yeah, and it, that's it. It's just his eyes. Because even I'm thinking with uh, Silence of the Lambs, one of the most iconic shots in the film is the close-up of Hannibal where he's talking to Clarice. And right. he's looking. And then if you watch that movie, he doesn't once in the entire movie. And that was an actual conscious choice by Anthony Hopkins because it takes away that last little bit of humanity because it's like if he at least he thinks he's yeah. somewhat human because that's a human we have to blink to moisten our eyeballs science right but taking that away makes him that much more machine well i don't want to say machine but makes him more yeah no for certain yeah right it sets him apart it it, it it uh it's a subliminal thing right when we see people that you know, always piercing, oh hey, we got an awesome six nine xs xx dot site. Have a good time. Find your love. <sighs> Are we have any mods? If we don't, let do me we, know. Do we, I hope we have some mods. If we have some mods, boot them. Just give them. Let's see here. My mouse is not working. All right, I got him. Okay. Cool. So weird that we're getting the porn sites. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's that's weird. At least you figure horror porn or something like that. Something, yeah. We got to be careful. The algorithm doesn't like when you say the p word. Oh yeah. Okay. True. Yeah. yeah. The um. Prawn. The other sites. type of. Yeah, the prawn sites. The, the other type of sites. Stupid. I, this YouTube algorithm. Gotta love it. I love it. Yay, YouTube algorithm. Yay. Yay. Now, back to beyond. This is part of a trilogy, is it not? Yes, it is part of a trilogy. So 
this belongs this belongs in it's more it's it's closer to Dario Gentle's uh, Mother's trilogy yeah. and um, the John Carpenter's Apocalypse trilogy, where it's mm. a trilogy, but not necessarily you're having the same characters kind of go all the way. Right, through. right, right, right. It's not a one, two, three type trilogy. It's three films within a particular um, mode, mood, or theme. Yeah, thematically, it's a trilogy. Yes, and so. Oh. And this is so the beyond is actually the second film in the trilogy. And uh the first one is oh I'm trying to it's cemetery. Uh yes, yeah, City of the Living Dead, followed by the house by the cemetery. They have in the house by the cemetery. It's so no. so that's a tr- so that's a trilogy. Most people believe that the beyond is the second or it's beyond is the best of the three. Um, but the thing is honestly, it's solid, they're all good. Again, if as long as you know that you're going to be seeing an 80s horror film uh, or three 80s horror films and they're Italian and you know what that means, I think you're going to have a fun time watching these movies. They're they're not incredibly deep. I wouldn't think I wouldn't say they're incredibly deep. Uh you get a little bit of symbolism in there. Yeah, oh, for- yeah. That's true. Um I mean Fulci did come from a Catholic background. So that is you, also true, yeah. So you'll see some you'll see some kind of callbacks to it. Um, for example, like with the nail nail in the cross over in the bathtub. Right. Um, you'll you'll have these moments where it's kind of like a huh, there's some little bit of religious, some religious backing there, but yeah. he's not necessarily calling out religion. Not necessarily, but using religion as a, a tool to deliver his message. That makes him the new wave I mean, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's the Gates uh, of Hell trilogy, so... Uh... Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which one is your favorite? Oh, geez. Sorry, Eugene. Oh. Hmm. Oh, that actually brings us to... <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Jail's gonna fire him. Yep. <laughs> our new host for our weekend or Bruce the um, Shark. <laughs> I just picture a guy in a shark costume. Shark costume. Hi everybody. <laughs> Hi everybody. <laughs> oh jeez. But oh, so actually I do I want to ask the audience of the Gates of Hell trilogy. What is your favorite entry into into that? So you start off, you have the City of the Living Dead, followed by the Beyond, followed by um, House of House of the Cemetery, and then Beyond. So let us know in the comments below favorite entry in the trilogy of the Gates of Hell. Mm. 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 I thought this one was fun. This, this one would probably be my favorite in the Team Left Shark. Mm. all right i we've got to find we probably could find one relatively easily uh actually actually i have one in storage what i I need a shark costume why would you that's not something that you would normally say it's not a thing people say i need a shark costume like like why would you need a shark costume so long story short 
I actually went to, I was on a game show called Let's Make a Deal. Are you and, kidding me? No, I'm dead serious. When was this? With Wayne uh, this Brady? This was, yeah, with Wayne Brady. This was in, we filmed it September of 2019, and I'm on an episode, it appeared March 2020. So me, uh, me and my girlfriend at the time, because she was a big fan, and we flew, it was her idea, so we got a bunch of costumes to go on the show for like four or five days to try to get on. And so we flew down there, and we actually got on the very first go. So I didn't end up needing the shark costume, but the very first go, and we went, and we played for a car. We didn't win the car, but we didn't money. I am not looking this up right now. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I was on. March of 2020? uh, Yeah, it was like March 2020, something like that. March 31st of 2020? Oh, could have been. Mm. So, oh. yeah, we, we actually went. Um, we were we planned on going on there eight times, and they said we got on, like, the first go-around. Um, I sang Backstreet Boys in the casting room area, and they're like, cool, we're doing a 90s episode. So we just got well, on right now. Oh, that so. helps. That helps. 90s episode. I'm finding this shit. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I'm, you know what? I'm putting a pin in that because people don't want to see her watch. Look, the first person who finds me that episode and sends it to me, plothole1 at gmail.com. I'm not saying there's going to be a weekend horror shirt in your near future, but I'm not not saying that as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally direct a Sharknado movie. But yeah, so it's a, as a, I'm not dressed as a shark in the episode. Since it was '90s themed, we did uh, Garth and Wayne and Garth. This is just getting and so, better and better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna find this episode. It's going to happen. <laughs> it is. It is it. This show. Yeah. Let's get to the next one really quick. We're we're going to the next movie. So we're gonna zip through this next one. I'm sorry, JL, but I've got to find this episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right so in all, <laughs> 1982's alone in the dark let's check this one out here's this trailer yes which i know it's going to be right because i got the first three right there's like four trailers <laughs> ah, illumination. anything can Damn. happen when you're alone in the dark i think this is the right one god damn it trailer well there you go now you know who's in it and who directs it so i'm just going to skip over the plot okay no Alone in the Dark is a 1982 slasher film co-written and directed by Jack Shoulder and his directorial debut starring, again, Jack Lance, Martin Landell, Donald Pleasance, Dwight Schultz, and Erlen Von Litz, the plot. Uh, basically, it's a psychiatrist family who are uh, terrorized by four escaped mental patients during a blackout. And as Eugene loves to say, shit gets real. It does indeed get real. Mm. Someone should very, call you a role and Show him how to actually make a movie. Oh, <laughs> I feel like he would reject that too. He'd be like, "No, I'm good." Like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I already made my mind. But, but, but it's like, no. Yep. Uh, All right. So uh, this was this movie here is generally considered, I think, by everybody who knows the history of New Line, that to be their 
breakout film and what got them into the horror uh, genre because this this predated uh nightmare on elm street by what four years this came uh, out two years no sorry. nightmare came out yeah two years yeah and you can see a lot of it's kind of funny but watching this trailer or watching this trailer watching this movie you can see a lot of things that uh, a lot of places where films that came out afterwards like nightmare on elm street like friday the 13th made calls back to this movie like the split the cut split scene that we just saw donald pleasance do uh, we've seen that one before or actually we would have seen it after but it kind of came from this here the the boogeyman the boiler room type boogeyman under the bed all that shit like you can see all the little callbacks to this film in the future films or future films that came out after this yeah, you really can. This was, I mean, this is kind of one of those films that really shaped the slasher genre right. as it's going into its its full, basically ramping up to where it is. So you, you're going to have a lot of influences from the Friday the 3rd, a lot of influences from one, which kind of the burning get, despite being a one of those slasher film. To, we need to get one of those guys to influence your your internet connection. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> we need Donald Pleasance to uh, gingerly speak to your internet connection to make it work correctly. Okay, what, what about now? That... What I need you to do is work. <laughs> it's a terrible, Please work terrible. Internet. Yeah, right. Um, no, so right, this right here being the proto slash not i wouldn't call it a proto slasher but it's definitely the the prototype for new line cinema because again right after shortly after this we had nightmare on elm street uh which was made because of the success of alone in the dark yeah exactly and what's really interesting is you have new line so you have new line cinema who's like kind of okay we are copying not copying but definitely pulling the tropes from slasher and then new line cinema ends up blowing up bigger than a lot of the production companies that did the 13th and nightmare on elm street right well they did nightmare on elm street oh yeah they did nightmare on elm street so as the new line cinema blew up because new line cinema was a powerhouse in the 90s so many films yeah so many films so many genres and that's kind of like it's similar to how with paranormal activity uh jason right. blum paranormal activity made a bunch of money off of that and now blum house is a blum powerhouse house. company right it's kind of funny how uh blum house and new line cinema are almost identical in in that respect and how because nobody really cared about blum house knew about blum house before paranormal activity and then it came out I was like holy fucking true this guy and now he's got fucking movies everywhere movie here movie there everybody's got movies same thing with new line they had this movie alone in the dark and then very shortly afterwards again within within two years they had put out nightmare on elm street which is a huge success so their their star rose very quickly and it was because of the successes of alone in the dark that that really put new line cinema on the map and and that's the thing is all it takes is a couple successful films because this is a great this is a great film to watch it's a fun it's a fun movie um, you can tell in some of the kills where the inspirations come from and how other films like in the Friday 13th series took inspirations from Alone in the Dark to put into some of their kills later right. on. Um, oh, you see a lot of Jason's kills in this movie. 
a lot yes. of yes yes um, the body slam kill the body slam kill yeah right the the splitting down the middle kill um it's so it's not even you know watch if you watch them side by side or, or really close to each other you'd be like oh wow that was just a fucking carbon copy and it was it was a carbon copy but who cares we enjoyed it yeah, who who cares? The thing is, is a, a good movie is a good movie regardless of where right. it comes from. If you copy something, copy it well, then you can be successful also. And the thing, another thing about this film is the timing that it came out. If this film came out maybe in 87, it may not have been... Right. But as it's coming out and you get that Friday the 13th was brand new, the burning brand new, April Fool's Day brand new, prom night brand new, mm-hmm. all these all these films coming out and people are just eating them up this was you would go you would get your date on friday night take you the slasher that came out right they were cheap to make and they were very profitable i still to this day yeah i mean on a five million dollar budget you could pretty much almost guarantee unless you completely screw the fucking pooch on this thing five million dollar investment into a slasher type film with a really good iconic killer is guaranteed you're almost guaranteed to triple your money just i mean just a by accident that was not shit yeah, yeah just Borderline. put there and not even with uh with named actors hence hence and hence yeah just putting put there but when you actually have named actors like donald pleasance and martin landu and jack right. Collins, imagine the amount of money that you could make in a slap exactly i mean we can't get those people per se because you know they're not with us anymore they're on vacation as forrest From comes along yeah. <laughs> 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 Eugene is dr- hitting the facts there they're on vacation <laughs> From life, was <laughs> <laughs> over here trying to peel the bandit off, and you're just like, "Fuck that shit! Rip that bandit off, you little bitch!" Uh, Fine, <laughs> they're not here. Move on. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, this movie was instrumental in shaping the horror genre, simply for the because of the fact that the success of this movie allowed New Line to put out A Nightmare on Elm Street. And we saw how influential Nightmare on Elm Street was, how huge of a movie that was. Exactly. And this is reinforcing the slasher tropes. You have to have several films to do that. They all have to be successful. They all have to, okay, now we got the final girl. Now we got, oh, the masked killer. Now we got the, the teens that sex or the teens or young adults have sex and they get killed all of those tropes have to be reinforced it didn't just go halloween friday 13th nightmare on elm street right they have you have the others april fool's day prom night yeah um, right in the dark the burning all of these films that reinforce the genre yeah yeah the texas same thing texas massacre which i'm pretty sure at least had I know one sequel has already come out by '82, maybe even the third one. Oh yeah, it was it was what the first one was 1978, '74 uh, for the first was one. Was it? Was it '74? Really? Yeah, because it came it came out. Before. It was 1974? That's right. Yeah, my goodness. My goodness. But but the thing is, you needed all those films to reinforce the tropes of the genre because this was the yes. heyday. This was the height, and it's fantastic. They should make more slasher films like this today. More slasher films like this today. Hint, hint. 
Hint. Nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. Wink, nudge. Yes. Maybe, Hire uh, people yeah. who give us. Not, whoa, not us. Somebody we know. But, somebody like us. In shape somebody like us, us that has creative uses of a certain household tool. And we're not talking about prawn tools. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, yeah, I like I said, I I really so this is in my wheelhouse. The, these movies from the eighties are in my wheelhouse. We grew up on these things when I you know grow up. You know, I was when this came out. I think it was two, but even still, throughout the eighties, this is the type of things we would watch. These would come on television. And late at night, often, and my brother and I would stay up late and watch these movies. This is what we did. Yep, Denova twenty. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this this was this was a time where you would go and you would have you would be watching this, and then you would have it previous to like Cartoon Network or something. Yeah. Like this is before you would have something yeah. maybe like uh, Nick at, Nick at Night. So all of a sudden, parent walks in, they read the last button. And it switches over yep. to like, oh, I'm watching Cheers. Yeah, right. What just happened in this episode? Oh, I don't know. I just turned it on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we used to do that shit. My father's like, I don't give a fuck. Watch what you want to watch. But if you get scared, don't come crying to me. <clears throat> and then, yeah, <laughs> mom's like, oh, if you just want to rent these, we just go to Blockbuster. We'll just rent them for you. Yeah, like, what? Wait a minute. Huh? I can do that? Oh, damn. Yeah, <laughs> boy, that was a bad time. Uh, no, it was actually a great time. I used to love. I mean, I still love these types of films. The nostalgia factor for me, and then going back and watching this movie now, after it's seeing you know watching all the films that we watched for this podcast and just in general, right? All the horror films we watch, you know, for this podcast and in general, it's cool to look at like this film specifically alone in the dark specifically because again you can sit there and look oh hey that's where that comes from oh hey look here i see the callbacks i see the the reminders to yourself of why you enjoy the genre so much and where a lot of your even films today you can see you can see the progression of these tropes that started in texas chainsaw massacre alone in the dark you know april fools all that shit this is great to watch these types of movies it really is. And it's like I said, it's just, just another fun. We've had a lot of fun movies on well, I guess two, but it's just it's it's just a fun movie to watch. It's another I wish it got more recognition. It kind of gets lost in the shuffle in a lot of the movies because it just happened to come out around that same time period that they're just coming out one after another and after another. So it gets kind of lost. But this is definitely a gem to check out that you'll enjoy. You're in trouble now. All right, you continue the show for a second. So, <laughs> um, going back, so just def definitely this out. Now, this was this is what helped start New Line Cinema. New Line Cinema blew up and had this. We talked about this a huge movie. So, actually, what I actually want to ask the audience is, what is your favorite New Line Cinema horror film? There's so many. There and there's so many great ones. There is some bad ones. Studios make bad sometimes also. But what is your favorite New Line Cinema horror film? 
there are definitely some great ones out there. Yep. And why is it a nightmare in Elm Street? <laughs> uh, we have Dab Nova 28 says Jason X. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but we also have Angel Riviera say Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Sarcasm also says Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. I figured we would get a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street. A lot Street. of Nightmare, yeah. Well, I mean, it gave us one of the biggest fucking boogeyman of all time. Yeah, that's you want to talk about a perfect horror film, Nightmare on Elm Street. Just amazing. Yep. So all right. Um I'm going. I'm sorry. I found some juicy information. I'm trying to get it before we run out of time. So while Johnny O is trying to find me on a game show, <laughs> it is a at time. It's trivia time. I can't. I I have to have we got to get the we got to get the uh actual sound effect and just do it that way we just we just really do just that way we can just queue it up on it okay did jl say what uh what somebody it's a mystery prize mystery prize so Mm. this is what this is actually what we'll do is maybe they maybe allow them to pick something maybe like maybe they can pick a t-shirt I think we should do a mystery box. Just a big question mark. Mystery box? You won't know okay. until you open it. All right. So you so a mystery box prize from the Weekend Horror Store. So get your Google fingers ready. And the question is this. Early in his career, Lucy was once brought up on animal cruelty charges for the gruesome practical effects of what film so once again early in his career lucio fulci was once brought up on anti charges for the gruesome practical effects in what film the first one to comment below with the correct answer wins the mystery prize so if you know it type it in if you don't google it real quick get your answers in and win the mystery prize Maybe again, she says cats. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the George said raw dogs. Raw dogs. And then Dodd Nova 28 said zombie two. We got some guesses in, but no one's hit it. No one's hit it yet. Not quite. Not oh, quite. We do have oh. one now. Oh. Chasm. Ooh, and Joshua Lee, very close. My goodness. Ooh, Joshua Lee and 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 the George right cusp of getting it, but sarcasm won. And the correct answer is a lizard in a woman's skin. Mm. Mm. So we should probably write that down. We should write that down. Sir Chasm. Uh, just in case, remind us of your shirt size. Just in case it's a shirt. We don't know yet. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm seeing if and if Johnny O has found it or not. I'm I'm still working on it. My internet's your your internet is infecting my internet. <laughs> my internet's pulling your internet down. It is. You said 2019, right? Yeah, it should be. Uh, no, the episode. I, I went. I filmed it in 2019. It aired in 2020. Gotcha. How did I not know this about you? I, I thought I brought it up before. Yeah, I got. I got to meet. 
oh, Wayne Brady, who's super nice. And then I also got to meet, because of the 90s episode, they had uh, Stephen Gilmore from Boys to Men. And they had, um, oh, from the Backstreet Boys. Nick Lachey? Oh. Is he a Backstreet Boy? I have no idea. Yeah, one, one of the Backstreet Boys, which he was super nice, too. Um, but, yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, did he find it? Did I find it? Hmm. Aired March 30th, episode 127. Did you get did you get uh casting on this one here? Did you did you did you? No, uh, dang uh, it. Son of a bitch. Joey, yeah, Joey Fatone. That's it. It was him. Ah, Joey Fatone. Yeah, Joey Fatone. So he was super nice though. All of all of them are really, really nice. Um chat with them like afterwards. Because whenever they 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 don't tell you if you get selected for the game, but if you do get selected, they put it and afterwards you get to sit and chat with them. And yeah, because you have to sign like some paperwork and stuff because we we got a lot of money, but it was at least something. Um, and yeah, it was fun. It was it was really fun. Wait, I'm getting conflicting. Go ahead and go with the outro. I'm not gonna find it. I'm not gonna find it. Okay, maybe we'll have it ready for next week. Okay, so uh, I found. Okay, look, I found. I found the episode that aired March 30th of 2020. And funnily enough, there's a guy and there's a black guy in a shark costume. Uh, no, either. it's not. It's not that episode. I think, I think it aired closer to like March 13th, March 13th, uh, something like that, because all costumes were 90s themed. So someone called up there in a Baywatch costume. Uh, someone else came up and she was dressed as um, a spice girl. Um, Someone else came up dressed from uh, Martin. Martin. Uh, yeah, Martin. It, there was no like generic costume. Everybody they called up were like nine specific '90s characters. Okay. You said around the 13th, huh? Yeah, like maybe March 11th, March 13th, something like that. Yep, I found it. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is the reason why I couldn't find it, bro, because it's a decades week. It was. Uh, yeah, it was like like they had a special series. Joy Fatone, Sean Stockman from Boys to Men. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Sean Stockton. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna have to find the I'm gonna locate this episode. I'm gonna get I'm gonna find it for everybody. We're gonna we're gonna stream it in Discord, I think. Not tonight, because it's proving to be a pain in the ass to actually find the fucking episode, but we're gonna get there. Well definitely definitely keep out on the lookout for that. You can see uh, we came that close. We came that close to winning the car, but we ended up winning some cash. So, but it was still oh, it was shucks. still really fun. How much cash? So did it you was win? it was close. Uh, it's only six hundred bucks. Hundred a piece, or did you like? No, no, no. It was my idea. So here's you two hundred. I'm taking four. No, I took it. No, I took all that. <laughs> what a dick! <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a dick! Okay, sorry. Because. Yeah, because they, they can only give prizes to one person. And so they're like, okay, between the two of y'all, who wants to sign for it? So I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll sign for it because she's going to on at some point, whatever. Um, and so they went and then we broke, because it takes like months for it to come in. We broke up and she went her own way. And then the check came in the mail. So I just kept it. Oh, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, hey, oh, yeah, you broke up with me. Yes. My mind, <laughs> yes, what you get for breaking up with me. <laughs> so, anyways, 
that brings another episode of Weekend Horror to a close. Thank you all so much for listening, and we truly hope you enjoyed the show. Join us next week when we look back at 80s creature alligator, the American-themed horror, Don't Say Its Name, the Kaufman-produced slasher, Silent Night, Bloody Night, and the subversive genre-defined The Hamiltons. I actually made it through that. You did. Remember to, remember to cast your vote up. If, if, if you're able to, the cast your vote for JL to be first place in the face of horror using the link provided down in the description. A massive shout-out to all our amazing patrons who continue to help us make Weekend Horror the incredible success it has become. Thank you all so much. Joshua Olson does all our amazing artwork for the show, and his designs are incredible. Hit up his store at www.badsamurai.store. Definitely check that out. For more horror, be sure to follow us on all the socials for daily horror posts. And be sure to combat the evil by dropping a comment, subscribing, or smashing the living fuck out of that bell. And lastly, if you love what we do here, and you would like and are able to support our production, you can by enjoying by joining and enjoying the tasty benefits of one of our many Patreon tiers. But if Patreon is not your favorite stocking method, you can always support us directly through our PayPal. Links to everything, including our Discord community, where you can hang out with us, are below. And remember, the goal is global horror domination. And we can't do that without you, our amazing audience. So pretty please with the severed infested head of Clint Howard on top, go sh- absolute fuck out of our little show. Thank you all for the greatest audience a podcast could have. I'm Eugene. I found Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, it is as glorious as you would think. I'm Johnny <laughs> We'll see you next week, and as always, stay scared.